you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I'm your host, Janine Garner, and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to this episode. Now, the time of this recording, uh, we are smack bang in the middle of uh, the global challenge of managing ourselves, our businesses, our organizations, our team, each other through COVID. There is no doubt that we are facing crazy times as we are all navigating those macro challenges of the uh, economic impact, the health impact, let alone the social impact that is uh, appearing throughout the world in terms of the impact on individual health and well-being, as well as uh, the social challenges of increased poverty um, and everything that's associated with that. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome today's host because there are so many people that are currently navigating through career change um, who have may have been made redundant or furloughed, who actually may be questioning what is it that they're going to do next? What do they want to do next in terms of finding uh, the work that's going to light them up, um, let alone finding a job that's going to actually look after them financially? Jane Jackson is a career management coach and LinkedIn trainer. She's also the author of Navigating Career Crossroads, which is a number one Amazon bestseller. She hosts two podcasts herself, one called Your Career and one called How to Get a Job. And she's been voted as one of the top 20 coaches to follow globally um, in 2020. She's actually on a mission to help professionals gain clarity in their careers and in their businesses. Um, And she's wanting to make career guidance accessible and affordable to all who need it globally. And she does that by creating valuable career resources, many of which are free and multiple support options within her Careers Academy membership portal. We had an awesome conversation around how imposter syndrome or self-limiting beliefs get in the way. Um, The importance now more than ever of actually asking yourself, how am I uh, going to be able to manage myself through this change? And the importance of knowing what it is that you do, what it is that you like, and who it is that you trust when you're starting to face what is one of the biggest challenges that many of us face during our lives, that one of career change or reaching a career crossroads. Please make sure um, you buckle in for an awesome conversation. You'll see in the notes, uh, Jane has very kindly uh, offered some additional resources for any of you that are needing support um, and enjoy this podcast. It really was a fabulous chat. And as uh, an individual, Jane, that has over the last 19 years coached professionals in career transition across the world from London to Singapore, Hong Kong to Sydney and across Europe. She's all about empowering you to take control of your career and create a life that is balanced, rewarding and meaningful. Please enjoy. 
Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I'm a little bit excited today because on my show today, we have the amazing Jane Jackson, who is a career management coach and so much more. She was just telling me off air about the multiple countries that she has lived Uh, led and uh, worked in over the course of her career. So that obviously gives her such an incredible perspective on life and work. And the timing could not be more perfect. But the reason I'm excited is Jane and I have been moving in similar circles for a number of years, but we've never actually had the chance to meet and I've just found out she even lives in the next suburb from me. So post-COVID and being able to get out, Jane, we are having a coffee. In the meantime, mm-hmm. it's fabulous to have you on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Janine. We definitely must have a coffee. I mean, we're about 10 minutes away from each other and that's it. That's ridiculous. Mm. It's ridiculous. Mm. That's that's one of the, uh, the interesting um parts of social media you actually never get to find out where people really live you just get to hear Sydney Melbourne Los Angeles San Francisco and then you find out you're uh, actually in each other's backyard so it's fabulous to, to have this conversation so um just just tell me a little bit well for our listeners a, a little bit about about who you are Jane and your your journey to here like how have you ended up doing what you're doing Oh, that's such a long story, Janine. But um, <laughs> maybe I'll just I'll just do a, a, a quick introduction. Well, as you say, I'm a career management coach, and I specialize in career transition coaching, uh, really helping people get from their current state to their desired state. And it's usually for people who are in transition. And I've been coaching now for nearly twenty years in Singapore as well as in Sydney. And I've I've worked with such a myriad of people from you know, all different industries, but all in transition and all feeling, no matter what level they are in an organization, a little bit daunted about the change process. And because I've gone through multiple changes in my own life, having country changes, career changes, job function and industry changes, um, I, I know what it takes really to make that change. And I've really enjoyed the journey. But my early career days were absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing now. What were what was the early career? What were you doing in the early days? <laughs> well, I worked in public relations in Hong Kong, but my original degree was in graphic design and technical illustration. And, wow! And I'm not a graphic designer or a technical illustrator anymore, <laughs> mainly because I'm not very good at it. You know, you have all these great aspirations when you're young. You know, I was going to be an artist and and be starving for my art. But the thing is, is that I'd be starving for my art because I wasn't really very good. But I spent many years getting my degree. And And I started out in graphic design, but I found that even though my design abilities were not as brilliant as I had hoped, my talking abilities were pretty good. And um, I I was asked to move into public relations. And that's where I really started my career. And I enjoyed that very much in Hong Kong. And I carried on with that when I left Hong Kong to go to London um, and worked in public relations there. But client side instead of agency side, which is what I was doing in Hong Kong. And whenever you make a career change, you kind of think, oh, am I going to be able to do this? Will I ever get another job? And I found that as long as you can really get to know the people who know, like, and trust you, you can get a referral quite easily in for a new job. So the networking was something that I learned very early on, really is the key to success when it comes to building your career. 
So you've been through, as you said, so much change, career change, country change, profession change, job change. Um, what, what have you learned about yourself uh, as a result of going through all those changes? And also, can you maybe share with us, uh, you know, a moment where, where you might have been a little bit more petrified than you were previously? <laughs> well, I've had lots of petrified moments when I was changing. But I, I think one of the keys to being able to make a change in your life, I mean, not just a career change, really any change in your life, is, is to have the resilience to be able to give it a go. Because we all feel quite daunted when there is change, because there is always that little bit of pushback and you think, oh, will I be able to do this? And there may be a self-limiting belief. I certainly had the self-limiting belief. How am I going to do this? this? You know, how am I going to be able to turn things around so that I can make it a success? But what I love to do is always to learn. I love to talk to people and to listen to people and ask for advice and guidance and find a good mentor along the way. And um, through really leveraging my networks and asking people who know, like, and trust me to say, you know, what would you recommend for me to do next? Um, how could I uh, really make a success in a new country? Who do I need to talk to? That's how I was able to find new roles each time I made a country change, because I moved from Hong Kong to well, San Francisco briefly. I wasn't able to work there, no work permit, but then to London, then to Singapore, then to Sydney back to Singapore and then Sydney again. So each time it really had been a lot of networking rather than making you know job applications um, mm. via print in those days rather than online. Mm. Can you, who gave you that advice? Can you remember the, the person that gave you that advice? I, I for example, remember arriving in Australia. Um, I would have been 29 nearly 30 at the time. So I'd arrived in Australia with, um, I literally had a resume and a backpack and that was it, and a permanent residency visa. And so I had to rebuild uh, my career in a country where I knew no one uh, or I had no social proof, rebuild that network where I knew no one or no social proof and, and really start pursuing this dream. And I found it, I remember finding it really hard. I remember uh, that that constant having to apply for jobs, have meetings, the knockbacks, whilst trying to navigate this new culture that was Australia. And I met somebody, um, and I'll never forget. I'll never forget the conversation. It was uh, she worked in professional services. I'd been introduced to her through somebody else. We had a coffee somewhere. Can't remember whether I was in Sydney or Melbourne. And she gave me these two bits of advice that. To be honest with you, I, I actually chose not to listen to because the words of advice were, number one was, um, you know, Janine, I know in England when you apply for jobs, you've got to do your research and and try and know the answers and, and it's all about making sure that 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 you you have a level of smarts when you're having that interview. But here in Australia, just pretend you don't know all the answers was the first bit of advice. And the second one was um, wear some pink. Can you believe it? And this is what, oh my gosh, I'm going to give away my age now, but this was a good, yeah, 20 odd years ago. Um, and so I'm curious as to who gave you that awesome advice of, 
um, you know, the importance of finding people that know you, like you and trust you and then being brave enough because you can find those people. But then it's the bravery and intentionality around cultivating those relationships that's key. Can you remember who gave you that advice? Yeah, I remember him so clearly. He, he was my first boss in Hong Kong. His name was Ted Thomas and he was the managing director of corporate communications limited. And um, I, I was working, that was the agency, PR agency, and I was working agency side for him. And he knew I had this hankering to go go to London. And he said, well, when you go to London, you need to start to talk to people because nobody knows you from Bar of Soap. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't have a network in London at the time. So he gave me a few names. And one of the gentlemen that he put me in touch with was Terry Payne, who ran print services in Mayfair in London. That was really exciting. And when I met him, him, we just hit it off so well that he goes, I've got to, I've got to have you work for me. And so I started working for him. And that was so much fun because to work in Mayfair, it was in Curzon Street. And it was very exciting for me because I was in my early 20s. And I, I had this job and I'd get the tube and it would take me an hour and a half to get into work, an hour and a half to go home. But I didn't care uh, originally, because it was just very exciting to be working mm. in central London. Um, and that was very good networking and getting to know him because we did, it was developing a rapport very easily, but there was a little bit of a spanner in the works and that it was a very long commute. So that was three hours travel every single day. And one of my major career dissatisfiers is commuting. I don't like it. Um, And even if I drove in because the traffic was so bad during rush hour in London, it would take me an hour and a half each way as well. So again, leveraging the network because I realized I didn't apply for that job um, agency side in London. It was through the network. I started talking to a few more people and someone said, oh, you know what? There's a role going at United Biscuits in the PR department and that's only half an hour drive from where you work. And so I went and spoke to the the PR manager there who happened to like me. And I think developing rapport is very, very important. And because we also had a rapport, he offered me a role there. And then I moved over to United Biscuits for a number of years and continued in that PR side, but working for a client instead of an agency. And it, it was just, it was Ted Thomas who really, he he was a Hong Kong, uh, Radio Hong Kong news Caster, and then he opened up his PR company and he knew so many people. And by watching what he did and the way he could speak so well, and he would always bring me along, you know, as the PR assistant. And basically, I was General Dog's Body to start off with, uh, but I would just do anything because I was learning so much mm-hmm. um, through his, the way he would talk to people and really put them at ease. I learned how to do that when I met people as well. So honestly, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to him because I could see how being able to connect with people and getting the right message across makes such a difference in your life and also in your business. Mm. And it sounds to me like he is he's the epitome of the ideal person to have in your world in terms of that personal promoter, a little bit of a butt kicker, but also the teaching that he gave of allowing you to absorb through watching and being alongside him. He's, he's pretty phenomenal. Do you, um, is this one of the things that you think is uh, essential when it comes to navigating change, finding that new job, unleashing your brilliance, um, 
that the, the importance of people around you is absolutely critical. Is is that one of the key things that 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 you think is an, as a no brainer in terms of of people becoming better? Mm. You have to have a mentor. I found having a mentor, I mean, like Ted, he was he was my mentor and gave me lots of advice in lots of different areas with regard to business. If you've got someone who's been there, done that before, and they're happy to provide you with advice and guidance, you can learn and you can avoid a lot of the mistakes that you would make otherwise. So, so I think if you want to progress in your career, certainly identify the people who you admire and you trust and you like the way they do business or the way they hold themselves and ask if they would be your mentor. It, it's surprising how many people are willing to assist you if you just reach out and ask for help. Absolutely. Mm. So during, you know, you, you've you've moved around quite a lot. You've had a lot of experience across multiple industries, agency and client side. Uh, what are some of your own? Uh, you, and you also touched on limiting beliefs. What are what are some of the your own limiting beliefs that you've had to overcome to help you get better? And I'm also imagining that these may be also be ongoing. You may still be working on them. I know we've all <laughs> oh. we've all got our own voices that we listen to. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm a major work in progress constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, um, a life inventory that I use for myself and my clients as well. And I always tell, tell them, you know, don't worry if it's not 100%. Mine is certainly not 100%. But there's always something that we can improve upon in our lives. Um, but when it comes to a career progression, then Understanding what's important to you is, is I think that's the most, most, the number one thing to think about because you've got to have career clarity. You've got to understand what really makes you tick as an individual. And what, what I found was I, I had a, a big challenge when I was younger because my father died when I was 11 and um, he, he was a, a Cambridge scholar and my mum uh, didn't finish high school. And so my dad was like my guiding light. And when he passed away at the age of 11, um, my mum had, had um, a, a, another uh, inability in it to, to help me in my career because she only spoke Cantonese. We spoke Cantonese at home um, and oh. English was actually my second language. And um, my father learned how to read, write and speak Cantonese. So we all spoke Cantonese at home. And then when dad passed away at 11, there was no one really to guide me with regard to the subjects to choose and the careers to, to go for. And mum wasn't able to guide me either. So I, I took the advice and guidance of my teachers who I realised didn't actually understand me very well. So I bumbled along in my teenage years choosing various subjects um, that I thought, you know, well, this would be interesting and this is fun and this is what I kind of like to do. But it, there was no clear path. And when I chose this degree, my initial degree in graphic design and technical illustration, it was simply because I didn't know what else to choose. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And there was no no plan at all. And it wasn't until many, many years later, as I gained more maturity, that I realized what it was that really drove me. And I think having clarity in your career is so important, having someone to guide you to say, hey, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Because 
my career really took quite a higgledy-piggledy journey simply because I didn't set a plan in advance. And so fast forward many years later, um, at the age of 40, Janine, that was when an opportunity came about to become a coach. And I haven't done the middle bit with regard to you know my, my corporate training career, which progressed after um, I left public relations in London. But um, it took the, the path of corporate training. Uh, but when I was given the opportunity to coach in two, the year 2000, yes, it was 2000, I didn't even know what career coaching was. But as I was going for this interview, again, through a network, someone said, I think you'd be really good at this, Jane. Why don't you go and interview? I found I really liked the idea of what coaches do for people. I trained in that methodology back in the year 2000. And you know that feeling when suddenly you're home and it was like, oh gosh, this is what I was actually born to do. And I became so passionate about it because it felt just right. And over the last 20 years, I've enjoyed coaching so much. I coach thousands and thousands of people globally now. I'm, I'm on a mission to make careers guidance accessible and affordable to as many people globally as possible, because I don't want people to take 20 years to find out who they really were supposed to be. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely does make sense. And I've got so many questions that I, I want to ask you on the back of that. Because yeah. I think, you know, what what you've talked about in terms of your own story and that moment of when you found what it is that lights up your fire, um, that almost was, yes, this is, I love that that concept of I'm home, like you found your lane. And it, it reinforces so many conversations I've had with individuals who once they find their lane, this incredible moment of flow just happens. Mm. Um, they find their work and it actually doesn't become work. It's actually, it's, it's, it's not the horrible part of work. It's just something that you continually have to do because you found your thing. So, so my first question relates to that because I'm sure there are many people listening in right now um, that may or still may be currently be questioning, shit, I don't actually have that. That's not how I feel. I'm, I'm, I'm okay at my job, but I'm starting to question what's next. Alternatively, I'm also imagining there's, there's many people listening to this around the world that may actually having to, in a position where they're having to re-engineer their next because of the current climate. So, so what, what advice would you give those people that may be feeling a little bit stuck or that may be starting to question in terms of the starting point? Because often it's getting started that's the hard piece, isn't it? You know, you've got this, the world ahead of you, but it's like, oh my gosh, what's the first step I need to take? Mm. Have you got any words of advice you could share? Yeah, I, I think the important thing is we, we need information. <laughs> Without information, we really can't uh, make any decisions that could be the right one. And the, the, when you gain career clarity, and this is this is one of the things I love to work with people on so much, is you, you know, like you get that aha moment when you have clarity. It's like everything is lived. And it's like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And 
it's normally through a conversation. Um, and certainly when, when, as I said, when I was interviewing for this coaching role, I wasn't even sure if it would be right for me. But the more I found out about it, the more I was told about, okay, this is what you'd be doing and this is how you can help people. It all, all the little pieces started to fall into place. And so for anyone who's at a little bit of a crossroads in their career, one of the most important things, first of all, to do is to take a step back breathe, don't panic, especially, you know, during these COVID days as well, don't panic and just think about what it is that's important to you. Really take stock of what you've done so far, what are the skills, what's the knowledge, what motivates you, what demotivates you, what are the driving values that really are important to you and and if you focus on that, then you'll be able to find out what it is that you know, sort of just piques your interest a little bit more than elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you understand what your values are, every time you need to make a decision, think to yourself, am I going to compromise one or more of my top five values, say, if I make this decision? And it makes decision making much easier in your career because you really don't want to have to compromise your values unless it's absolutely necessary. You know, say if um, money is not a big deal for you, but you've taken out a mortgage and you've got a massive mortgage and you need the money to be able to service the mortgage, then maybe for a while, temporarily, you will be compromising one of your values in order to get the money that you need to pay your bills. Um, and But you're doing it with your eyes wide open. And that's that's why understanding your values, your skills and knowledge, what's transferable, what's not transferable, and do a stock take of your life as well and what's important to you. That's a really good starting point before you start applying for any jobs. Do you find, why do people from your experience hit that point of reassessing next what is the point I was talking to somebody else the other day Mm. and we were discussing about as children how you you know you have such incredible imagination and dreams of what you want to be when you grow up and the things that you want to get involved in and the work that you want to do but when is that moment where suddenly conformity or following other people's dreams kick in and why do we do that so this particular person I was speaking to and I had incredible dreams for things. And then, you know, he ended up doing an accounting degree and working in banking and and this niggling fear, as he said, I was earning more money than I could possibly have dreamed of, but I was so unhappy. Mm. So from your experience of, you know, as you said, you've coached for 20 years. So I'm imagining hundreds, if not thousands of people that you've helped navigate through transition and change. Are there, are there any continuing threads that you hear um, that almost lead people to this destination point of having to navigate next, having to make big choices, having to find that next job. Is there anything that you hear coming up more regularly than not? Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. It comes up a oh, lot in <laughs> the conversations. It, it's, it, it really is. You, you know, when you start out in your career and all seems good, you've graduated and then you start working and maybe you, you feel like, okay, this is good because it's quite exciting early on in your career and you get your first paycheck and then that's such a buzz and there's all these lovely things that happen early on in your career and you might be on a certain path. Then life happens and an opportunity presents itself. Someone taps you on the shoulder and say, hey, here's some more money or hey, here's a new role. Why? don't you take it? Or here's a promotion, would you like it? And the thing is, is that it may 
sound good at the time, but it's taken you away from what your true career anchor is. And I talk to a lot of people mid-career who've experienced a redundancy or a career change or for whatever reason, and they're not happy. And they tell me, I haven't been happy for about a year, two years, three years. And I'm going, well, what were you thinking? Stay if you were so unhappy for so long. Why did you stay? This, well, I don't know what was wrong. And usually what has happened is, is that because of all the promotions or the opportunities that have presented themselves that seemed like a good idea at the time, or maybe they were chasing the money and money is not the driver for them, they've ended up being really unhappy. And um, there's something called career anchors that, that was discovered by Dr. Edgar Sheen. And he mm. conducted a 12-year survey of career anchors. And what he did was he found he was um, studying 44 uh, graduates of the Sloan School of Management, and he followed their career path for 12 years. And it was very interesting because he um, studied them before they graduated, at graduation, and then after graduation, and then revisited every few years after that for 12 years. And he found that the career anchors, the thing that really pulled them in a certain direction right in the early days, never changed. Your values change, but your career anchor doesn't. And the people who were the happiest were the ones who followed that career anchor. And the ones who veered away because oh, you know, that promotion sounds good. Why don't I take it? And you think, well, why not? So, you know, I'll get some more money and that'll be good and I can save more. So, you know, you, you kind of give yourself excuses to do certain things, but then they veered further and further away from their anchor because you could be a, have a general managerial anchor, a technical functional anchor, pure autonomy, entrepreneurial creativity, dedication to a course or service, lifestyle or pure challenge. And these are all valid anchors, but if you're a general managerial anchor and your path suddenly becomes technical functional and mm. it's not you, you're going to be quite miserable. And vice versa, if you're a technical functional person who really should be the head of a certain department, you know, say, say you'd be the CIO, but you're still like that functional leader and that's what drives you. If you're put into more of a general managerial role, you're not dealing with the techie stuff that you'd really enjoy, you'd be dealing more with pulling teams together and it's the people leadership. And if that's not what you enjoy, you won't be happy. And you won't understand why you're not happy because you're earning more money. You've got a great title, but it's not, you're not following your anchor. Does that all, all make sense too? It does make sense. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm imagining your, your latest book, Navigating Career Crossroads, uh, that part of the reason for writing this was 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 to help people that may be at those crossroads. I'm curious, from your perspective as as the author, um, what is your wish for that book? Well, my wish is is for it to help as many people as possible. I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm on a mission, Janine. <laughs> I really because I. I really was lost for a long time early on in my career. Um, and I tried out lots of different things, which, which has been great for the rich tapestry of life. But I would have reached where I am now and really happy and just thriving in what I do because it's my anchor. My anchor is dedication to a cause or service. If I'd known earlier, I, I would have actually taken steps to, to, to get to this stage much, much earlier. So my mission is to try and help people to become the person they're supposed to be earlier on in their careers and navigating career crossroads. It was first published in 
2015. And I've just released the second edition with a lot of new updates, uh, mainly because LinkedIn is a big, big part of uh, job search. And there are so many new features and changes on LinkedIn now that I wanted to make sure that it was an updated book with all that info as well. Um, it it's the A to Z of career transition, basically. It starts off with um, assessing uh, your stress levels if you've gone through a redundancy and a lot of stories from my past clients as well as in this book of how they felt when they went through a transition and um, how to manage stress, take a life inventory. So you take stock of where you are now in your in your life and your career, as I like to coach holistically, and then assess what makes you tick as the next step so you know what really drives you. And then after that, go through how to create a powerful resume and cover letters, your marketing communications verbally as well as in writing, building your personal brand to attract opportunities, the job search strategies, which include a big section on networking because I'm a very strong advocate of networking. And then, of course, uh, interview preparation and negotiation when the offers hopefully start flooding in. So I, I wrote it to help people and it's an affordable way to get the message out. And what a gift to people right now um, when you look at what's happening around the world mm. as we recover, reimagine mm. working life and life post-COVID. Is there anything um, in particular that people need to consider uh, given, um, you know, the period of time that we're in right now um, there, where there is so much complexity, uncertainty, we're hearing about unemployment rates going through the roof and organisations increasingly having to make some tough calls. Um, you know, if, if, you, if there's people listening to this right now that might be either experiencing that or worrying about that, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, it's so concerning because, I mean, the latest um, numbers I, I was reading today is that in Australia, uh, because of COVID, the unemployment numbers are now over 960,000. Now, that's scary. We've got 7.1% unemployment rate. Um, it's not nearly as, as high as in the US, where it's it's absolutely staggering. But for anyone who is concerned about their careers, whether they're worried about their current jobs, or whether they're already in between roles because of COVID, if you're going to be making online applications, it's going to be very, very tough because there aren't so many jobs out there for everybody. What you need to start thinking about is what is it that you can do that will solve the problems for your potential employer and you need to attract the right opportunities to you as well. So I think one of the most important things to do is to start to build your personal brand and really think about what you represent, what's important to you and what it's the gift that you have within yourself that will help organizations or help um, a department within an organization because we've all got certain talents and skills and I'm good at some things and I'm absolutely hopeless at other things. But if I have a gift that I'm able to impart confidence in people so they believe in themselves and market themselves well into their desired role, then I feel that I've done a good job. So for those who, who are listening, what is it that you can do? And once you know what you can do and you love that particular thing that you can do. Because if you do something that you're very, very good at, but you hate it, that's a recipe for burnout. But if you've mm. got a particular skill or, or a skill set that, that you know is marketable, and there are certain skills that are very much in demand and will be more in demand uh, as, as 
the time moves on, such as cybersecurity and IT and you know the STEM the STEM roles are are really going to be more and more in demand, um, and the the Australian government is now promoting those university courses too, so that we're going to be preparing people for the future of work and what's going to be needed. You've got to take that into consideration. But right now, what have you got that will solve a problem for an organization? And how are you going to let them know that you are the one? And one of the best places to market yourself and to brand yourself is on LinkedIn because it's free. You know, you can set up your LinkedIn profile. You can have all of that information there, but don't just have a static profile. Start to share your thought leadership. It's so important because, you know, whether you're an admin assistant or you're a marketing, global marketing director and anything, you know, in between, you are going to be very good at your your specific skill set and let people know about it by writing articles, sharing posts, commenting intelligently on other people's posts on LinkedIn, just so that you start to brand yourself. And if you don't get yourself out there, and most people don't want to because it's kind of scary, but if you don't, you, you may get passed by, especially in this competitive market. It really is important to know how to self-promote, um, not, not big noting yourself, but just self-promoting yourself to say, hey, I can do this. And I happen to be pretty good at it because I've done a lot of it. And I can prove it because I've got tangible results from my efforts. If you can do that, then you'll be able to market yourself more effectively. And I love the way you actually walk your talk, Jane. You know, you taught there about how important it is for people to really think about the problem that they're solving for future employees, their gift and their skill. And that's exactly what, what you have done because um, you were sharing off air um, in line with your mission to to help people and to to give career guidance to as many people as possible. And you know, how you've essentially evolved to the current market too with the launch of your Careers Academy, which which is a wonderful, incredible gift to people in terms of making it accessible and affordable to, to people that need it around the world. Because right here, right now, that is a problem that is needed to be solved. And as an expert in this space, you can you can help people. So so can you just maybe share with people you know, why? Because we can have these ideas mm. and then we've seen it in COVID of lots of people offering stuff for free and workshop after workshop online. But you are so passionate about this. And you can have an idea. What 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 made you go? You know what? I'm I'm actually going to do this. This is this is something real for me. Mm. Well, I, I think because I, I enjoy coaching so much, and I I know that it makes a difference. This is really it, it feels so nice. You know when you do something that makes a difference in someone's life. It, just, it Honestly, because my career anchors dedication to a cause or service, I get such a buzz out of it because I know, you know, it makes someone smile and they think, oh, now I can do something about what was making me unhappy or discontent mm. before. And so I thought, how can I scale my business so that I reach more people? Um, and not everyone can afford one-on-one -on -one coaching because that's that's quite an investment into your career. It's a value 
valuable investment, but not everyone can afford it. So I thought, now, how can I do this? And so with the Careers Academy, it's it's a membership site, which is just a, a very low monthly fee. But within the Academy, there are lots of programs and I offer group coaching and also a, um, a one-on-one coaching session is thrown in with the membership uh, with me as well. And I'm able to help people. It makes me feel good. <laughs> it's of benefit to other people and it reaches a global market. And um, with all of the online programs, and I'm always creating new online programs that will help from how to build confidence to how to write a resume and personal branding for career success, LinkedIn for career success. And, and I'm in the middle of doing doing another online program as well, all about job interview preparation, because I, I'm getting so many questions about that right now. People are really concerned. And if I can uh, create online programs that are very, very affordable, then that's fantastic as well. There's plenty of free stuff in there because there are some people who really can't afford very much. And so I've got a number of like how to get a job. I've got an online podcast course embedded in there, which which you can just take. In fact, you don't even have to be a member. You can just do it um, via my website. And that will set you on your way to taking control of your current situation if you've gone through a redundancy or you've been stood down or you're just struggling to find the next role. What a wonderful gift to so many people. I'll make sure to uh, add uh, your links into the show notes so people can, um, those people that might need some help and support, some encouragement, some inspiration can can find it. Um, now, this podcast, just to sort of wrap this up, it's all about unleashing brilliance. What, what does that term unleashing brilliance mean to you, Jane? Mm. Unleashing brilliance. I think because of the word brilliant, it, it's something that sounds very bright and shiny. And what really makes me smile <laughs> so that I'm bright and shiny is knowing that I've actually touched someone's life. I've made a difference. And I think, you know, with the people that um, I've worked with over the years, I, I, I get some really nice comments that just make me feel good. And they just say, Jane, you've, you've really made a difference. And if I can make a positive difference to, you know, one person every day or more, if possible, then I, I feel like my life is worthwhile. I, I mean, I, I love being a mum. I love being a grandmother. I love being a wife and a daughter. And I, I just want to be the best that I can be because we've got a limited time on on earth let's just make most of it and um, if we can touch people's lives I think that's unleashing brilliance fabulous now if I could bring Ted Thomas mm. back onto this podcast um, who obviously had such an influence in terms of the incredible advice mm. and the opportunities that he created of which you know we all I do believe we all have the chance to create an impact on somebody else who may not necessarily know the impact we're making but um, I challenge all of our listeners to just think about the people that have made a difference in their lives. Um, what, what would you say to him if you could? Well, I would say thank you so much, Ted, for inspiring me because, I mean, he was just larger than life, absolutely larger than life. And um, he set me on the journey of uh, really talking to people because public relations is all about messaging, you know, authentic messaging um, and getting the word out there. And I think because of him, I, I have learned a lot about communication and really listening to what uh, the market is asking for or what people are trying to say in between, you know, what, what, what's being said in between the lines and in between those, those uh, moments of talking, the silence sometimes tells you a lot more. 
Mm, fabulous. Jane, it's been such an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. And once again, thank you for gifting so many tips and tools and insights uh, with the intention of helping so many other people navigate through what certainly are challenging and complex times. Um, it, you know, irrespective of people were trying to ch- trying to navigate career change pre-COVID, but now we've got the added dimension of this. So it's just been such a wonderful opportunity to, to have you on this show and to allow me to be able to gift your work to other people. So thank you so much for your time. It's been great having you on the show. Well, thank you, Jeanette. And let me tell you that I have been in awe of everything that you do. So being invited on this podcast was very exciting for me. So thank oh, you so thank much you. for allowing me to share my story as well. It's 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 been wonderful. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. We'll catch up for that coffee soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. Follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more. Visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.